Welcome to Zero Trust Bytes, where automation meets security. Bam. <laughs> Episode one. Are we ready? Oh, we're ready. Let's do this. Episode I, one. Let's go. I don't go. think they're ready yet. <laughs> These guys are not ready. Steven, are they ready? I don't know if they're ready. Maybe they're ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they're willing. Welcome to Villatech Zero Trust Bytes. Where automation meets security podcast. We're going to be talking about zero trust all around the world. We got an amazing podcast that we're just launching today. It's going to be epic. 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 <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about best practices. We're going to talk about the different principles of how zero trust needs to be implemented in the enterprise. Guess what? The Department of Defense issued an executive order 14028. You got it. That's a big one. Oh, yeah. OMB 2209. OMB 2209. And what does it say? It says every government agency is having a mandate to get their modern cybersecurity up to par. That means that the government is going to have a shotgun at you because they you you didn't <laughs> you paid your taxes and they want to make sure you're secure. So they want to be protected, right? At, at the end of the day, well, I mean, they've been hacked so many times. Right. And you're talking about the supposedly the most secure physical fortress that we've ever had, yep. where all of our information is going in from top secret, super top secret, uh, classified, unclassified data, federal classified information, and yeah, we can keep on going. Yep. But at the end of the day, we're here because we want to show you examples. We want to welcome you. You heard a little bit about some of the goodness that we're about to give away. You know, we're going to give some gifts away. We're going to make it exciting, you know. This is a great gift. I mean, this looks awesome. Yeah, if you're, if you're not ready for this, then um, I don't know what you're going to be ready for. But this is a, an excellent gift. This coin here is an emblem. I think we should make chains out of this. You know, like a hip hop chain it <laughs> was iced and everything. And then we have this as the emblem. You know what this reminds me? What? 300. Sparta. <laughs> you know what? I think. You got to go to battle. I, I think I think what we'll do is we'll only give it we first for 100. But if you are part of the Sparta team, we may push it past 100. See if we could get to 300 just to kind of be the Sparta of <laughs> zero trust, trust, trust. That's okay. Right. Guys, today we're going to delve into an example of the identity pillar of zero trust. We're going to showcase a use case through Structura. Structura is Villatech's software that is automating zero trust for the industry. They're trying to get to zero trust by 2027, the Department of defense yes office of the cio there's a mandate 2027 they're putting a lot of hope on the cloud mm -hmm. so the cloud csps are supposed to go out there and make this easy for them but guess what they missed something they don't all play together because microsoft wants to be the leader aws wants to be the leader google cloud wants to be the leader they all want to be their leader oracle wants to be a leader so guess what? They're going to do things that are going to slow each other down. Why? Because it's a it's a numbers game. They're trying to make money. Oh, yeah. But guess what's the equalizer? What equalize Stephen, what equalizes the implementation of zero trust? 
uh, I would say a, a central place to manage all of your your infrastructure in one spot that you can quickly de deploy your zero trust architecture across any vendor um, in a standardized way across your team. Exactly. Centralized place, single point of glass, APIs, automation, orchestration. And that's what StructTutor is going to do. So today we're going to talk about how we're going to utilize Structura in Microsoft Azure. Specifically, we want to explore how conditional access based on location can be implemented to ensure secure access, right? Big deal for users that are in the US and the EU. Yep. We could do this around the world, but let's <laughs> stay focused to our US and EU audience. A Asia, we haven't forgot about you. We're going to take care of you soon. <laughs> but right now, let's focus on US and the EU. And we're going to show how we're going to limit access to their respective regions. So let's get started. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Zero trust is not just the buzzword, right? Everyone, zero trust, zero, zero trust, yeah. trust, trust. Zero. What does it mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. It's a <laughs> paradigm shift. It's a, it's a way of thinking that basically says this approach that we were doing things by creating a perimeter. Yeah. That perimeter is no longer good enough because once that per per perimeter collapse or gets compromised or malware starts to attack it, then you have the the kernel the nuts and bolts the the goods in the middle what's protecting that right so zero trust is basically saying here's a holistic approach that is going to say we don't trust anybody nope. not even the people that are in the middle that are actually touching and dealing with the technology there's no no one's trusted why because you could get hacked you can click on a link you can f you could think that's your wife sending you a love letter and and actually it's not it's um some <laughs> some young guy in uh tokyo or something <laughs> yeah so let me share a, a little analogy that i thought was really great to paint the picture of it so okay. you got your castle and moat type of style right everybody knows that castle, castle and moat, moat right castle moat. you got your castle you got your little moat the water around it and everyone's protected inside yeah you got to go through the gatekeeper mm -hmm. the firewall right right if you're allowed to get in they'll open up the gate and you're in okay but what if you have a carnival or what if you have people that are attending a party or something like that? Now you have everybody inside that castle. Yeah. But you can't trust everybody, right? right? You got to protect the king. You got to protect the queen. Yeah. So you got to assume breach. You got to assume that there is attack already inside that castle. When I saw that analogy, I was like, I'm just going to tell this because this is a perfect example of it. It was a good example. So you kind of killed my introduction to you. <laughs> We're, this is Kamel Kolodeski, as, as you are seeing in front of your eyes. And then we have Stephen Burles dialing in remotely on the Zoom land. Okay, he doesn't want to say <laughs> yeah, hi. Hello, Stephen. Oh, you want so, to say hi. Hello, everybody. All right, thanks for being so English. Um, we, these, are, these are renowned experts. We're renowned experts in the sense that we're renowned in our own thoughts. <laughs> 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 but we are experts we've been doing this for a long time so at the end of the day we are the implementation team that handles all of the implementation for cybersecurity, zero trust uh, we've been doing it in production for about seven years now 
automating and orchestrating this to make it easy because we understand that organizations such as the DOD are going to need a lot of help. A lot of help. And they're looking at tools that right now, and I think by 2024, they have to start making decisions for the hardware and the software vendors. Yeah. So guess what? We're kind of out here telling them, okay, you got 152 objectives or activities that they call them. We're going to show you how 152 activities are solved on this podcast. So, Kamel, thank you. Stephen, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you, Miguel. It's a pleasure to be here. Can't wait to get this journey started. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me. Okay, Stephen said his little words. All right, but before we start, we got something. We're going to introduce our marketing guru, Jocelyn Contreras. <laughs> That's right. Jocelyn has a very, very special giveaway that we kind of previewed a little bit and yeah, talked about it. it. But um, she's going to tell you a little bit more in detail about how to get that giveaway. Hello, early subscribers. We have a special giveaway from our team here at Zero Trust Bytes, where security meets automation. Click on the details below for details on how to enter the giveaway. Let us know where you are listening from for a shout out and stay tuned every week for more giveaways. Back to you, Camille. Uh, that sounds good. All right, so let's start by demystifying zero trust. Kamel, can you provide us a concise definition? You did it already in the beginning, I guess, so I'm, I'm kind of going back to the roots of what we need to do. You talked about the good example, but w actually w explain the framework yeah, of yeah. the zero trust. Give them the breakdown Absolutely. of the different pillars that are out there. Absolutely, Miguel. So um, zero trust is a security framework, right? Mm -hmm. it, that assumes that can't trust anybody there's right. three core principles that i'd like to say about zero trust okay assume breach which is what i kind of talked about already in that analogy mm. verify explicitly and least privilege access those i would say are the three main core pillars of a zero trust framework fascinating wow that's clear three points you said assume a breach assume that there's someone in the house already ready to take you out right are you really miguel <laughs> i gotta assume breach <laughs> you just said a keyword that actually caused me to be quiet so let me get out of that real quick second is verify explicitly so we gotta verify everything well it's a constant challenge constant, constant. governance constant. traceability the ability to look at logs and, you know, this is where artificial intelligence comes in. Yeah. No humans can keep an eye 24 by 7 on those logs. You're going to be falling asleep. The DOD has these socks, and we have the sock ourselves, and they're supposedly keeping an eye 24 by 7. But we know that, yeah. you know, humans are humans. They're not watching everything all day. So I think AI is going to play a very important part of this. Massive. Massive, massive role. Right. Yep. And then the last part you said was least privilege access. Yeah, I think that's a really big one because you don't want to give privilege access to everybody, right? You want to limit that. And you want to give them just enough access, just enough control. One of the things that I think I saw was very interesting is Azure has something called privileged identity management. Even an admin, you want to limit their exposure to be using their admin credentials. Mm. So just limit it, right? Request access for, say, maybe an hour or two. 
access your database, do your change, and then get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of that admin control because they're the most vulnerable. They're the most targeted. They're the most ones that want to be hacked. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it makes sense. I, I think they have an architecture called preview. Uh, or purview, purview, I'm sorry. Correct. So purview has the ability to kind of like request access. Then there's a, a two two stage multiplier of admins that can actually approve or deny it, and they give you conditional access for a certain amount of time. I think they're doing a good job. Listen, at the end of the day, we're going to be supporting all clouds. We're not holding it back, but this is very impressive, Kamel. You talked a little bit about uh, what the framework is. Can you shed some light? on how the commercial sector and the government sectors are embracing zero trust. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, zero trust is no longer limited to just a few early adopters. Okay. The commercial sector has recognized the importance of zero trust in protecting their digital assets and customer data. Many organizations are investing in zero trust architectures and solutions to enhance their security posture. I mean, I think that's a given and we all need to get on board. And if you're not, I think you can kiss your business away. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> but governments, including the Department of Defense, are also jumping on a zero trust wagon because they have to. There's a mandate. Yeah. Right? You don't have a choice. Well, they don't want to get hacked no more. Right. And I think that's a good mandate. Yeah. So they understand the need to modernize their security approaches to combat evolving threats effectively. Yeah. It's great to see that, you know, that the widespread adoption of zero trust and everyone's talking about it. But let's get into some examples. All right. Because when you show them, then they'll know. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great <laughs> idea. John's not laughing, so <laughs> uh, that wasn't a funny joke. I'll, I'll, I'll take it back. So, But um, before we delve in, I do want to share some crazy news that happened this week. Did you hear about the shakeup in the open AI world? Oh, my word. Yes. <laughs> what crazy is going stuff. on here? Guys. This is so explosive. Steven, did you hear about what happened in the AI world? That's AI talking I to did. AI. <laughs> are are you not shocked? Like what is one of the most biggest breakthroughs in 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 in, in machine learning and AI automation and 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 the ability to create large language module mo uh, models. Yep. In, in open AI, uh, they let go of the, the actual man who started everything, Sam, Sam Altman. Altman. Yeah. <coughs> CEO of open AI. Was, Was CEO yes. of open AI. What and you then, thoughts? do you know what happened? I know what happened. <laughs> Steven, what happened? I know what happened. Microsoft offered him a job. He took it. Uh, Microsoft then offered everybody else that was at open AI a job too, that they could come <laughs> That is amazing. And they've also set um, some requirements for them to get them back again at the end <laughs> of the day. So pretty crazy stuff. Yes. What do you guys think? We should ask our viewers. What do you guys think of the shakeup that's happening in the open AI world? Yeah, that'd be good to hear. So make sure the comments are clean, all right? And we don't <laughs> want any of this rough, rough stuff coming out of here. We want some good, hearty meat. You know who I think uh, needs to take an example out of the shakeup in their organization? Who? <laughs> Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh my gosh. We need to get we rid of this stuff not already. <laughs> talk about the Bears, baby. Yeah. Get, oh my gosh. Just, <laughs> just take an example. Just get rid of them all. Oh my word. I'm done with them. It's it it's it's really tough to 
We went from zero trust <laughs> to the Bears. I, I don't know, audience, if that is a good connection, but uh, I don't know what to say about that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very wounded. Yeah. I had a lot of faith. And we went to a, a, gr a, a bunch of games. You are a ticket holder, season ticket holder. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But um, <laughs> what do you think about them Bears from someone that lives in Florida? Don't trust them bears. The bad zero trust. He doesn't trust them. Zero, zero trust. trust. All right. <laughs> Unreal. Okay, Kamel, what's next? All right. So let's get dove into the use case demo. So first, let's briefly discuss about the identity pillar of zero trust. In a zero trust architecture, identity plays a crucial, crucial role in establishing trust and granting access to resources. Mm -hmm. By implementing strong identity verification and access controls, organizations can assure that only authorized users can access sensitive data on the applications. So let's explore a practical use case that demonstrates conditional access based on location in Microsoft Azure, as you mentioned earlier. Okay. In this scenario, we'll consider a multinational organization. Okay, so we got offices in the US, we got some offices in some countries in the European Union because, I mean, we got different compliance regulations. Right, GDPR. Yes, HIPAA here. High trust. That's right. NIST, FedRAMP, CESA. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to list all of them there. I was going to, <laughs> but I figured that they'd get bored. All right, all right. So the organizations want to enforce strict access controls to ensure that users only access resources within their respective regions. So also today with us is, of course, Stephen Burroughs, and he's going to be guiding us through automating the use case demo using Structura.io. Thank you, Kamal. I'm excited to be here, and let's jump into the demo. Great. So let's walk through the steps of implementing conditional access based on location. So in this demo, we're going to show how we use conditional access policies to allow different users access into our environment based on their location. To start with, we need the users. So here we can see two resources mapped here as blue icons. The blue icons signify within Structura that these are data sources. This means that it's going to fetch the data from the provider, in this case, Azure AD and bring that data back into Structura for us to use. So these are existing users and we want to add them to a new group that we're going to create. So we create a new group for our US-based employees and we assign them back into that group. Next, we set up a named location, which we call USA, uh, with a display name of United States and we can see that we set a country code of the US. So this is an ISO based country code um, and Azure is gonna keep track of the IP addresses, IPv4 and IPv6 addresses that are associated with uh, US IP addresses. And then finally for the policy, um, we connect everything together. So if we open up the policy and we go through this configuration, we can see that we're allowing access for all of the applications and we are going to essentially read the location of every user and any user that's coming from a location that is not United States we're going to block it which is at the bottom of here grant access controls we're going to block um, the users block that we can see here is going to 
tell the policy which groups does this assign to and we can do this on multiple different levels we could do this on a user basis on a group or on a role um, so in this demo we opted to go for groups so now we're going to bring it back to the EU users and we're going to show you how we mapped the EU users to this uh, conditional access policy so with the EU users, this time they are green icons which or green nodes, which um, tells you that it's a resource. So resources mean that it's going to be something that's created within Structura and pushed to the provider. Um, so we have an EU user here. As I said, this is a resource we've entered in our configuration uh, for that user. And again, I'm going to go through the same process where we're going to assign that user to a new group that we're creating for the EU and then for the locations instead of just one country code, now we've got three. We have France, Germany, and England. Again, for the policy, very similar looking to the last one. Um, the notable change is now we are checking for the EU location instead of the US location. And based on that, we're gonna allow or deny that user entry. Um, again, se separating those groups of users so we can be specific on what is allowed and what's disallowed for different groups of users. With the infrastructure deployed, we can hop back into the Azure portal. <clears throat> and within the portal, we're gonna navigate to Microsoft Entra. Entra used to be Active Directory. Microsoft recently renamed that. So if we go to Entra, conditional access, and look at the policies, we can see that we have two new policies. We have the EU location policy and the US location policy. If we click into the US location policy, we can see that everything that we had configured in infrastructure's code has now been deployed and applied to this policy. So specific users included, it's the group and it's the US conditional access location group that we created from Structura. And the condition, location, is that we're going to check for any location that is not the US. And we're gonna block access if any of those locations are not the US in the grant policy. We have the same story for the EU location policy where we have our users assigned to a, a group with now called the EU conditional access location. The condition, very much the same. Any location that is not the EU will be blocked as stated in the grant access. We also created a new user. So if we go to the enter ID and user, we can see EU test user was also created as well. So in our current deployment, we have the EU policy, but the state is off, which means it's disabled. It's not being checked. Um, if I was to try and log in as that user now from as a user that's based in the US, um, it will still let me through, which I can show right now. Log in as the EU user. Uh, stay signed in, no, and it's going to let me get to this dashboard. If I go back to Structura, if we update the policy to enable it, hop back to my main user, refresh this table, we can see the state is now on. Now if I sign out of the user and we attempt that sign in again, I now get the message that I cannot access this resource right now. 
and this is based because of my or based upon my location which we'll be able to see in the logs in a minute it takes five to ten minutes for those logs to show up so we'll go back and review those later on in this podcast now if i was to attempt to log in as the eu user using a vpn that is coming from the uk it should allow me access into the portal which it does. Now if I sign out, but if I attempt to sign in now as my US account, we get the same message we saw when I tried to sign in from the EU to the US that I cannot access any anymore on this account because it's coming from a UK location instead of the US. Guys, that was very insightful. We're not just talking about it, audience. We just showed you a demo on how one of the pillars, we got 152 of these. Are you guys ready? 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 <laughs> ready? I'm gonna, this is me. That's you. That's you. Know, you. So I, you know, I, 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 I like to have a good time. John, I'm going to get him to laugh one day. He will laugh when we're done with this 152 episodes. Right. Or, his, or he's going to be taking me out because he's an MMA fighter. He's, he's a pretty strong guy. He's, uh, these guys are helping us, and they're great guys. So we want to appreciate Jocelyn, Jose, and John behind the scenes. They're making this happen. And Road to Eternity That's was right. giving us guidance and advice on how to make this a great podcast. Shout out to them. Like, subscribe, and Look them up. Yep. Look them up. So if you want anything in production, they're the ones to, to deal with. But don't bother Jose, John, and Jocelyn because they work for us. <laughs> um, all right. So that was insightful. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the benefits, right, um, on implementing conditional access based on location. Yeah, absolutely. What are, what are the benefits, Kamal? So key, uh, some few key best practices. Mm -hmm. Regularly review and update selected regions to ensure accuracy. Okay. Okay. Implement multi-factor authentication. MFA, MFA. Please, if please, you don't have MFA, please. you should be fired. Please implement MFA. It's MFA. one of the easiest things that you can start off with. I think it's the most, one of the most crucial and important. So yeah. implement multi-factor authentication. Right. Um, of course, to enhance security, right? That's the key aspect of what we're talking about here is security, right? Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, monitor and analyze access logs to detect any anomalies or suspicious activities. I think that's a real crucial component of Zero Trust is because, you know, you have all these controls in place, but who cares if you don't monitor it? Right. If you don't act on it. Right. You need to be able to see what's going on. And that's where artificial intelligence can play a tremendous role. Tremendous. Right. Because now you have AI bots monitoring, analyzing, combing through the logs, looking at the logs while we're falling asleep. It's not falling asleep because it's doing its job. Yep. And then eventually, because of the policies and the conditional accesses and all the different components that we've went through, but today we heard a little bit about the conditional access coming from different regions. Mm -hmm. And if you had actors that were coming outside of those regions that you weren't used to getting close to that data because data is the new oil 
data is the new gold. Yeah. And the more data that you have, the more data that's actually shared, we could start building healthy patterns for success or healthy patterns to tear you down. And so zero trust really is all about protecting that data, right? Agreed. Agreed. Oh, okay, guys, Kamel, Steven, Jocelyn. Our viewers. Our viewers out there. This is our first podcast, and you were there with us. If I could hug you, I would. <laughs> Digital hug. <laughs> Digital fist pumps. Okay. So, guys, thank you for joining us. That brings us to the end of this episode. Villatex. Zero trust. Is that the outro music? No, no. We got an outro that's going to be pretty hot. So that's not the outro. But Villatech Zero Trust podcast series, we explored the identity pillar of Zero Trust today. We showcased you a use case demo of conditional access based on location in Microsoft Azure. We'll be doing other things in uh, AWS and Google Cloud, but right now our focus is on Azure. We yep. want to do one cloud at a time, so Microsoft was chosen first, so all the demos are on Microsoft. So our viewers are going to ask, can you do it in AWS? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. We can do it as well. Can you do it in Google? We can do it in Google. Can you do it on Oracle Cloud? We got to test. Yep. That one we got to test. <laughs> so that's just being really honest. But remember, zero trust is a journey and implementing strong identity controls is a very crucial step towards building a secure and resilient architecture. Thank you to our listeners joining us. This is our inaugural episode of Villatech Zero Trust Podcast. We hope you found this informative to Zero Trust. Hopefully you learned something and you're gonna learn. You want one of these. I know you do. So oh, yeah. You learned, didn't you? Yeah, you see? <laughs> they learned. All right. So you learned in future episodes, we're going to be talking about Zero Trust, exploring other real-world use cases. We're going to have uh, renowned Zero Trust speakers mm -hmm. from all sorts of backgrounds. I think we have the, 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 the writers for NIST 800 207A. All right. Secure Service Mesh. We're going to get them on here. We're going to invite a couple of more strong communicators of zero trust that actually have real life Ooh, use cases i'm excited uh, you're excited right. i don't know steven you don't look excited baby are you i'm excited it's gonna be good <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right all right all right well thank you guys for this time and enjoy yep and just one more thing remember in the world of cybersecurity, trust no one and embrace zero trust until next time stay secure <laughs>